Welcome everybody to another episode of my podcast and as my uh, regular listeners will know I'm always delighted to have my guests on and today of course is uh, no different. Um, I met today's guest uh, Ash uh, Roots who is currently in between jobs, uh, this is day one of between jobs I, uh, I believe, um, when Ash was talking about cereal packets on uh, LinkedIn. I think that's how we first came to uh, across each other, we connected, I looked at Ash's uh, background and thought uh, you look interesting because of uh, you do all things digital uh, and then you made the announcement of where you're going which i won't uh, spoil it i won't uh, spoil it just now but also it's a place that is close to my uh, my heart so uh ash without further ado another brick in the wall uh, this will make sense people for any pink pink floyd uh, <laughs> fans uh but i always start off with kind of who what why when where and then let's see which rabbit hole this takes us down over to you Right, so you want me to introduce myself first, I assume? That's it. That's the idea. You know, you sit in between jobs, so it means I'm half asleep. The, um, uh, yeah, so, um, so I'm Ash. Uh, thank you for inviting me, by the way, because it's been great when we had our chats. But I'm Ash. Um, I, I've, I've, I've always been involved in anything to do with the internet, and I was very lucky. I, I, I actually did one of the first degrees in the internet, so I was a web designer. And then over the years, I've just bounced between different uh, industries and organisations, partly, partly by luck but now by choice and um and now as you said i'm starting a new role uh in higher education which i'm really looking forward to because i'm uh, i'm really passionate about learning and i love changing stuff with technology in the core there you go is that right is that's that all that works absolutely fine and it's, it's it's higher education in terms of um, if I may be so bold, it's the uh, the University of Exeter. Is that correct? We're going in as their uh, chief digital officer, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I'm not very good with titles and things like that. It doesn't really register in my radar. I just like doing solving problems. But yes, you're right. Uh, officially, you know, as as LinkedIn will will profess at some point, <laughs> uh, probably tomorrow. Chief Digital Officer, ex University, very lucky to working, uh, you know, directly for um, them and Lisa Roberts, who's the, the Deputy Vice Chancellor, as I'm learning all the lingo. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're going to go in there and try and make education more accessible um, uh, and scale it and come up with new ideas to make the experience even better for students and for people that want research from them uh, using tech. Um, I mean, that's as, far, that's as much as I know at the moment, right? So I'll have to see what. <laughs> I'll tell you in a year's time what actually happened. <laughs> well, and the reason it's a place close to my heart is that's where I studied for four years um, at the University of Exeter. So an amazing, amazing time down there in uh, uh, in Devon. It's a great place, great campus, and uh, some great people. So um, that's what's close to uh, close to my heart. You're not, and you're not the only person, by the way, who's <laughs> come out of the woodwork saying they went there. It's like, <laughs> and by the way, what I love out of any organisation we ever spend time at in our lives, universities for those of us that you know have been to them and it's not for everyone um is uh actually people always look at them quite fondly it's quite interesting but anyway i think well, yeah, i think you liked it yeah i did i thoroughly enjoyed it i mean i didn't really uh, do enough work to get a degree of any uh, <laughs> any consequence i got a desmond in uh, in modern languages but you know here i am in terms of doing what i'm doing <laughs> looking for you know one of the foremost uh, digital transformation consulting firms in the world so it just goes to show this that the degree doesn't necessarily mean uh, mean it's the end the, the end to, uh, to where you want to uh, get to and i guess that's that's kind of where i want to go with this in terms of 
Now, your experience across the, the organizations that you have, have worked for, the fact that you, you know, did the first degree in the in in the web or the, the interweb and in the internet, I mean you you've lived and breathed this from day dot. And if I look at the narrative that's kind of coming out going the VR or the metaverse or the omniverse, whatever you're gonna call it, it's a waste of time, isn't gonna work, versus those people saying this is the this is the future. I guess that's where we were back in the mid-90s. For the for, for for the internet. So, what's what's your journey? What have been the key learnings for you in terms of where we are, where you've got to today around all things digital and you know how things work and tech and all that sort of things from a business perspective? And then how are you going to take that that learning that experience into the world of education? Because if we you know as a parent, if like through the through certainly the the lockdown in the last two years, you know our school did a good job for the kids trying to get them spun up as quickly as possible onto Google Classroom and Teams, but it was a bit clunky. Our daughter hated it. She really didn't, you know, take to it at all. I mean, she's, she's six, so she's not a you know, teenager. But again, talking to parents of, with older kids, you know, some of them struggled in, in that environment just because the, the way or the medium in which the the education was being was being done in this, this environment just was not the same as being in a classroom, notwithstanding the poor teachers who had to quickly, you know, gen up on, on, on all of this. It sometimes feels like some of the chief execs I, I work with, or some, some of the people I work with, but, you know, a bit of a, a, a bit of what you see in the key moments and then how you believe that will translate into the world of, of education. So to prove I never heard these questions before, I've got to write down bits, right? So that's right. that's good proof. I did warn um, you this is just going to be all over the place. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. I just I I I've got I've got my my brain is is a bit awkward at times, so it doesn't let me retain lots of information. Um, so I'm gonna and to see what's this where we can go here. So the so first the first thing was quite interesting where you started talking about metaverse and VR and AR. And if you take um one of the first things I have learned through my experience of being involved in very simply change that's related to the internet if i really simplify it yeah is that no one yet can predict the future as far as i know it <laughs> so take the recent announcement like when mark zuckerberg says metaverse right yeah. and you get a very polarized response and, and this has been the same over the years i've been alive and i've observed stuff with the basic understanding of no one can predict the future, no one really knows whether it's going to be successful or not. So, that, so in all change, my one of my biggest learnings is don't don't judge until you've actually until it's happened or till it's been tried, right? So, you know, on specifically on things like augmented reality, virtual reality, metaverse, you could kind of go, "Wow, that's a concept can blow a lot of people's brains." But then second part is with anything where you're trying to predict is you kind of want to look at what got you here and the trend to get where you might go next. And there is some plausibility, right, in the fact that a degree of uh, and uh, augmented realities, it's interesting because I like the word augmented because mm -hmm. it's like it's where you mix things together and you can kind of see where it's starting to leak into our lives at different rates of this, this ability to either be with someone physically or with someone virtually and then a frustration sometimes or a, a problem that could be solved by a mixture of the two yep. so it's a very simple example one of the ones i've noticed for many of us in every discipline since the pandemic and meant that we had to do remote working people like me that got bad memory 
the best augmented reality thing from video calling was people's names are on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> because it meant that in, in a physical world, you'd stand there going, God, what is that person? I remember them, but I don't know who they are, right? And then in, in a great way of the video call is that you just look down to the left, no one notices, they think you might, you know, like you might be flitting and suddenly boom, you've got it. Now, if you times that by a million percent and yeah. take the metaverse, there could be loads of situations. And one of the specific examples with the metaverse type thing, someone said to me, which I thought was quite good, is like, we're all struggling to focus now because of what technology has done faster, more, you know, more stuff going on, notifications. I don't know if it's me or you with them still on. It's probably me. No one really knows anymore. No one can really yeah. manage it. It's like, where are they coming from? Yeah. And so actually one of the benefits of a, the metaverse, as an example, could be the fact that people can focus again. Weird, right? Yeah. So the first, so kind of first category of what you're saying, and tell me if you need me to go down any path, is like, no one can predict the future. You just look at the trends and you look at it and go, well, it could be plausible. But the point is no one knows. So yeah. anyone that's a naysayer to something that's not existing, you can kind of say, well, is that more about you and about your own fear or your own uh, kind of, it's probably fear. <laughs> that's what yeah. I thought. It's probably fear, right? That's right. So then the other parts is and then then kind of leading about this one of the other things you mentioned um is that you know what why education or why any organization or, or how can the adoption be now what i have noticed moving from different industries to different industries is that there are common themes about change mm -hmm. it so happens that the change in very simple terms some call it the fourth generation is the internet has meant that and we are some people don't even know if we're at the beginning middle or the, or the end we don't know right. but the point is what it has done has meant that connectivity or connection to others and pace and scale are just unprecedented so a lot of the time for organizations the challenge is actually not getting in the way or being in the way of the thing that's going to happen so you your example of schools and education for yeah. those of us that got kids and actually, if you look at our parents' generation, take the VHS or Betamax, yeah. is like generally the generation lower than the generation above, I don't know how to describe it, generally gets the stuff going on faster. So, you know, I would remember teaching my parents how to use a VHS. Yeah. Now my kids teach me how to use Roblox and how to use TikTok. We all know this. But the point is, it's like in organizational context or even in parenting is the parallel. It's normally the parents or the organization that are trying to prevent the change happening. You know, parental controls don't understand it, therefore don't use it. Organizations, the same logic, right? Don't understand it. Don't get it. This has worked for the last 10 years. Why would you want to do something different? So, so kind of the, the second key point is about helping organizations get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Now, that might be a a bit pokey language because it's not supposed to sound a negative or aggressive or anything like that but it's like getting out of the way has got to be like educating the you know in, in my yeah. case could be educating the educators right on, on technology it could be about comfort uh, i mean you know what i see a lot is people concerned about the impacts of something on themselves yeah. so therefore how can you help people realize well actually maybe the impact could be positive but help them through it then the last one i'll mention in kind of in, in terms, I think this is relevant yeah. to, to your, your question is like, is then focusing on the person that consumes the thing. Mm -hmm. And I, it is a fascinating thing, right? That I, I, I've learned loads recently in my family life, let alone work life, is we tend not to focus on the end 
the consumer of the thing, the task, the activity, the product we're doing. Most of us don't really do it. We think we do, but we don't. Mm -hmm. and, and if you solve that problem, then it's much easier to navigate any change because you can connect. I know as an example, and this is a bit, of, you know, a bit um, tenuous, but, you know, like metaverse sounds bonkers until you find a particular user case mm -hmm. and you find a problem that someone's having and you say, well, it could solve it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think organizations in, in any context, whatever they're doing is that they are learning that some people call it the customer, some people call it user, person, employee, whatever. If you always relate whatever you're doing to them, then you can quickly work out whether the thing you're doing should happen or not, mm -hmm. not based upon how you feel or what anyone else thinks, but based upon the person you're trying to solve the problem for. So, and I think that is the one of the biggest learnings for most organizations because most organizations in the work context, we're, we're still used to factories. Yeah. That's the way we think. We still think nine till five. We still sometimes have clocking in. We still have managers. We still get told what to do. We still have reviews that happen every year, you know, like, but actually the boss is not your boss. The boss is the person that consumes the product because if the consumption of the product or service dries up, there's no company. And so really, therefore- Yeah, okay, there's some really, really, <clears throat> sort of just reflect, there's some really interesting, and I love the way that you kind of break it down and kind of make it make it simple because it, it is, it is simple, but it isn't simple. And I've, you know, I've heard a few others use that expression kind of as a chap called Andrew Huff, who's trying to reinvent or professionalize sales, if you will, in terms of sales actually become professional, like in you would have marketing or accounting or, or legal. And he talks about getting out of the way of your, getting out of the way of yourself. And I'm also going to reflect on a post I saw about podcasts where it was all talk about people's stories and not enough kind of action. So I think my podcast pretty give action, action oriented points for people to, to talk about, but reflecting them on your your experience of course your experience if i am correct has been on the consumer side of kind of things in terms of the, the telco world has been focusing as in the consumer buying device or, or consuming it from a consumer perspective not so from a b2b perspective and from the humanization if you will of, of kind of business to business and so on how how does a person who's trying to drive change help somebody understand that they may actually be getting in the way because sometimes people don't really realize they're actually the the blockers and it could be because of seniority it could be because of any number of things so how do you actually help someone articulate look you're kind of getting in the way of things so get out get out of get out of the way and how do you then start to when you get to the the and so the, the the second part of the question then is that end user bit and i use crm as as an example when people say the crm is crap well the crm isn't crap because it's an innate piece of technology it's been led by a bunch of people who haven't gone to the person that's going to use it day in day out and understood is this actually going to solve a problem for for them in terms of well the way i'm currently doing things works fine for me on my my spreadsheets is doing what i want to do I guess that, and this would find again reflecting on my times of being at a university as a, as a student, if you look at a student as an employee to some respects, you've got then lots of different users, if you will. And what's the thing about users? They either use drugs or software. That's the two, the two things, right? Who have different views on life. So what? how does an organisation, how do you strike the balance between trying to make sure that what you're deploying 
does answer that without getting it to the point that you become almost inertia strikes because no one can actually agree on what it is that it wants to do because too many chefs go well, i want that widget or i don't want to do that or i want it that color and not that color i want the font slightly slightly bigger how, how do you kind of stop going down that that route so how do you help people understand they're in the way and get out of the way and then part two how do you stop almost corporate inertia because you're getting too much i guess user feedback but to actually get to where you want to get to so first so first about getting in the way i mean i think we all get in the way mm -hmm. So that's the first point is to position it not as some people get in the way and some people don't, not saying yep. you were, but it, it, yeah, it's yeah, quite, no. a, you know, it's like, it's a bit like agility mm -hmm. as a separate point. When organizations talk about, we want to be an agile organization. <laughs> Someone said to me once, which has always stuck with me, is that every organization is already agile. Right. Otherwise it's not moving. Mm -hmm. Question people should be asking is how do I respond in the appropriate manner for the particular problem I'm trying to solve, mm -hmm. which might mean faster, slower, or something else. Anyway, yeah. so going back to the getting in the way, you start off with the position of assume everyone's always getting in the way, mm -hmm. just different degrees of getting in the wayness. If you start off with that thinking, then then it goes back to kind of what I said before, really, is the fact that actually, how, how do you recognize whether something getting in the way is impacting to a positive or negative degree? because that's always the thing it's like i'm getting in the way because i need clarity or because yeah. we need to have due diligence or we need to manage our risks i mean I've, I've heard it all or you go the other way like you know you're getting in the way because of bureaucracy yeah take too long to make decisions i mean you know it's literally every test case put the problem in the middle now and and the, but the challenge with organizations to put a problem in the middle is very difficult so you do have to do work which is like you know, I, I, whether you call it creating the conditions, and this is where digital transformation really is at the heart, and it's just transformation of an organizational entity, yeah. which is which is why words which can then flow off and mean many things or people roll their eyes at. But co-creation is one of those things, the conditions you need to create, i.e. you want people to, regardless of their hierarchy or their skill set, to believe understand or support whatever the word might be that they are all in it together to solve that problem in the middle yeah so as an example if you started with that as a working premise mm -hmm. then if you're all solving a problem when you're analyzing what is the problem how do we solve it you will then identify the impediments is a word i love because it yeah. doesn't sound like problems but what are the things getting in the way is it a person or is it a process or is it something else and then what you do is you remove the personal part of getting in the way of a person. Mm -hmm. So, so, and there are other attributes of the conditions, which would also be, you know, collaborating is different to co-creating, right? So co-creating is saying that everyone, whether, you know, in, in, in any part of the organization, and it's that, you know, go back to that space, the space, the, the space quote, the guy sweeping the floor, launching space rockets. Remember, everyone knows that one, don't they? No, forgive it's me. The Apollo, I think it's the, from the Apollo flights was about, you know, there was, a, there was a janitor who was sweeping the floor and someone went up to him and said, what's your job here? And he didn't say, I'm sweeping the floor. He says, I'm, I'm helping land on the moon. Yeah, that was his, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was the phrase, isn't it? So, so if you take, if you take the, the, the you know, the, you take the co-creation part, that's about yeah. every person feeling they're solving the problem, Yeah. which 
if you imagine in most organizations, if someone was sweeping the floor, I doubt they probably think they're actually delivering the products and services. So that's a, that's a, there's a bit of work there, but the collaboration part is actually where you're actually helping each other. It's mm -hmm. not about a team working together, you know, like you're doing your bit, I'm doing my bit. There's, yeah. there's of course there's that, but it's more about you, you're all trying to help each other solve that problem in the middle. Again, going back to your point about, you know, getting in the way, it will mean that the it will, there'll be kind of that um, that psychological safety will be created of the fact that if someone is a Ash, sorry, you know, you know, you keep asking us to do that thing over and over again. You know, the problem we're trying to solve, we all agree with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can you stop it? So it, it and so so it's actually, you know, you create the conditions. So that they're the, they're kind of two things. I mean, it's never that simple because, you know, as we know, there are all the phrases in the in the book about, you know, the the um that you know the, the the most important person in the room makes all the decisions I, I can't remember these phrases but yeah, they're, yeah, always, yeah. they're always living in your brain but and and so they take they need a bit of time for the conditions to be created to make that work the other bit you were mentioning was about kind of i think if i understood it was like um but then how do you agree what is the thing to 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 you know how, how do you solve the problem is that fair yeah. is that kind of it's it's, well, it's, 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 it's it's how do you solve the problem absolutely but Again, if I'm just reflecting on my journey as, you know, before coming full time where I am now as an independent, going back into organisations and being the, the outsider in, you always actually get the warts and all what's happening because people are more honest with you. But also being in a, in a, in a world where you, the business has got good intentions and we're trying, to we're trying to fix a process which could be done better but they got too many opinions from people who were going to use the use the new tool that eventually it just didn't go anywhere money was being burnt because they, they were trying to create yeah. something which was going to be all things to all people rather than what it was originally intended to because they were trying to be yeah. a good corporate by inviting feedback but it almost bit them in the backside because then they couldn't actually do what they wanted to do because when it launched nobody was happy <laughs> yeah and what you're describing i mean i don't i'm trying to think if there's one answer that satisfies a whole multitude of of situations but i'll throw a few bits out there one is um the the the, the principle about value and effort as a, as a principle like I, I personally have learned through specific like software development so take your lean startup model down to your more organic how do you develop teams down to your how do you change an organization to how do you run your family life the phrase of value and effort is a really good equation right it's the it's simplest thing of like you know how much value can i generate from the least amount of effort so so that's a kind of a principle so you just basically whatever you're doing to make a sandwich you know i mean you either, i mean you get the idea it's bad yeah. analogy so, so if you had that as an overarching principle it will depend on the circumstance because you've mentioned as an example if you're a third party who is your master is it the you know we all we all been there right you know a third party knows that they might lose their contract with an organization if they don't do what the customer uh, or in this or the client is probably better what the client wants regardless of whether it's what the customer wants yeah. so there's a bit of there's a bit of complication that and that's just probably where values of organization steps in and that stuff which is a separate conversation yeah but if you if you boil it down to how do you make sure that you are not procrastinating fixing the right problem managing the voices in a room of whatever the room is mm -hmm. then this is obviously the use of data the use of experimentation the use of creating an operating model that people buy into 
the principles about don't you know i mean things like upfront planning and there are there is science to disprove the fact that and we've all been there you can the more time you spend on something doesn't mean it's actually going to be better right because the fact is if you go back to value and effort the value you're generating of creating a powerpoint deck or a plan is actually zero Mm -hmm. until it gets to the end user Yep. So, so, and so I'm, I'm kind of talking a bit high level because it's, you know, without, without specifics, but for me, you know, generally, you know, if you're, if you're working backwards from the problem of the user and orientating your, your thinking around, okay, value and effort to solve this problem. Yep. Can I, I mean, cause it could be that the problem could be solved in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but a lot of the time we don't change our way of solving a problem for different problems as well so okay as an example yeah you know i mean you know i mean take take a consulting intervention which you'll know right and i've been in many of them <laughs> they generally have a standard format regardless of the problem you're solving right yeah you know that there'll be there'll be a pitch you'll select the party the party will probably have loads of powerpoint <laughs> i don't know once you've done that and then there'll be a discovery phase and there'll be this and that and yeah. this but hold on here is every problem the same size uh and it's probably not so um but that's a very particular flavor but you know I, I'm, I'm trying to stress the point to to, to get the key theme out right is yeah. focus on solving the problem in front of you do the least amount of effort use data so it's not personal um and if worst case and i've been in this situation too is you do end up with cast of thousands because in certain organizations that's what happens yeah then you've got to go a little bit rogue <laughs> awesome mad, mad off my own heart because that's definitely what i well i mean what i tend to do i mean one of the <laughs> one of the phrases i've learned in change yeah. and it's not just digital is that and especially and i i'm dyslexic and i've learned through feedback that i don't always communicate effectively sometimes people go cool you're amazing you really communicate the thing really well and then other times it's like i don't have a clue what you're talking about and it's just a really horrible juxtaposition because yeah. i don't know like even now i don't know whether i'm communicating effectively or people are going what is he talking about so what I've learned, and actually it's the same if you can't predict the future and the fact that the learning is only actually through giving it to the end user is showing, not telling is the power. Yeah. So even if me and you talk about some ideas of how to solve problem, the only way you and me are really going to be on the same page is when actually, when we see it, go, oh, okay, I understand what you meant now. Okay, yeah. got it. You know, because, and I also, th- you know, and I think that's, that's, that's a trend I've also noticed is that being uncomfortable is not the place we really generically choose to be in a workplace. We try and avoid the discomfort, even though a lot of us can be uncomfortable through imposter syndrome or ever just organically. So what I've noticed, which I think is fascinating, is that actually that discomfort is something that um, actually could be capitalized on when it comes to making choices because actually what you're trying to do is you're trying to help people realize that if we don't know what the answer is, mm-hmm. the best way of finding out is to get it out there. Yeah. And then you'll get the comfort through actually someone saying this is brilliant or this is not so good or something else. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I, not through yeah. a business case. It's, I'm really enjoying this conversation and for me certainly you are articulating in a, in a, in a, in a very coherent and um, easy to digest uh, way which I think is half 
half the challenge is people try and come out with all these big words to sound intelligent and actually just keep it simple and break it down. Um, I'm loving solve the problem in front of you. You know, you, you use data to um, to inform so it's not um, personal. Show and tell is a big thing for me around, um, and it's easier in terms of my world around digital selling and digital sales. And you know, we especially with things like LinkedIn because it's okay. Well, that's just no powerpoints. Bish bash wash 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 dish. And you can see the light bulb goes, oh my God, that's amazing. I didn't know you could do that. When they see it, you then let them go. And then it's like, okay, how that's how I do it. But how might you do something different to achieve the end goal that you're trying to do? The minute they can touch, touch and feel it. And then it's the, back to your point, let's then row all the way back to the problem we're trying to solve. Because now you can see the end state. Now you get a sense of kind of where we could get to let's work through this to get to might not be that end state might be slightly different based on what your um uh, what your what your needs are whereas too often i've been it's the <laughs> the discovery phase let's talk about stuff well okay we're going to talk about stuff we already know i want to know what we don't know in terms of taking us to the um yeah uh taking us to the to the future and i'm all for going rogue where going rogue is appropriate but the, and again, reflecting what you're saying about being uncomfortable, um, I'm a big proponent of Carol Dweck and her mindset theory and around having a fixed mindset and a, um, a growth mindset. You know, she wrote it in the late 90s. She's a professor at Stanford. And you can be a blend of both in terms of work, business, relationships, marriage, parenting. It's changed how we parent uh, in terms of um, you know, how you praise your children in, in certain ways. But I always think what's, what's the tip in that? So basically, it's around uh, you need to help the child understand how they got to that point rather than going, you're brilliant. You need to get them to reflect on how did they get to that point? Because basically, fundamentally, her view is if you're a fixed mindset, you, you are at the pinnacle of what can be known and there is no more to know. If someone challenges that mindset, that A, makes you feel uncomfortable and B, you push those people away. So she cites Enron as an example. The chief executive of Enron was a fixed mindset person, refused to accept any other way was possible, surrounded himself with people who just pandered to that and agreed to it. And then that leads, that continues the cycle of I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. And then the rest tells, you know, Enron tells its, uh, its story. Um, professional service firms, law firms, probably a lot of fixed mindset mentality. And it's not... So I try and help people understand that and I have a fixed mindset in some aspects of what I, what I do and I get feedback on it in terms of I probably won't be a very good people manager because I get frustrated when people just don't get it, which is ironic seeing as I'm in a consulting space with people who aren't who I'm consulting to. It's very different to people that are within my own kind of my own kind of business units, if you uh, if you will, versus the fixed mindset where fundamentally you can grow you can learn you're not all, you're not always um uh right and that's the book is around how you can move yourself from one to the other but she talks about being uncomfortable so when i ever kick off my sessions i kind of do a carol Dweck kind of brain with this and that and i i will tell people if what is happening during what i'm talking about makes you feel uncomfortable makes you feel a bit icky then what i'm doing is working because I'm forcing you to start looking at this in a, in a different way, rather than you just sit back and go, I know this all, then there's no point you being in the um, in the room. But again, that's very, to your point, that's very hard for people to deal with or, dare I say, articulate in a group environment that this is making me feel uncomfortable because they don't want to feel stupid, they want to feel that they don't know the answer and 
and uh, and so on. So um, very much singing from the same uh, the same hymn sheet on on all of that. So let's. Um, as you've been talking, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you going, me in business context, <laughs> me as a student at Exeter University. <laughs> so <laughs> two very different things. Some might say not. Um, and of course, the education system has changed massively from when I was a student, whatever it was, uh, when did I go to university? Uh, late 90s, early 2000, I think I graduated, graduated in very commerce. Um, you did graduate. And by the way, the important <laughs> thing, which I've picked up, and I, I'm, I don't know, my experience of higher education is only as a customer, not as anything else. So I've got a lot to learn. But what is interesting, you said, Desmond Tutu, Tutu, yeah. if I'm right, yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of, you just, you positioned it as not a success. Yeah. What I do know is that the higher education experience in itself is the success as well as the qualification yeah. and, and it's, it's interesting what i mean i know i you just probably just said it but it's like you know one thing i've picked up already speaking to students which i love it's like you know have to have your call it your customers in yeah. front of you and you're going well how can i make your life better with this tech is that the experience is really important but then when and I know you, you're trying to put it back to education, but I think there's such a relationship between okay. two. When you okay, look yeah. at our life, our lives and our work, mm -hmm. is that we're, we're, we're definitely moving from a place of experience versus experiences. Right. And potential is more important in work than ever before. So what I mean by that is yeah. we used to recruit people saying, what have you done? I mean, like, you know, age used to be quite important, yeah. dare we say it. <laughs> Seniority used to be a thing. But the internet has completely transformed, right? First of all, knowledge is no longer that superpower, which is a phrase I like, right? You know, it used to be that you have to know stuff, but you don't now, because if you ask me anything within 10 seconds, I'd have probably had the answer, right? Yeah. So that's, there's no longer a strength in being the boss in the room that said, oh, I remember 10 years ago, we had this situation. This must be the answer. And it's like, what? <laughs> so it says that the pace of change, the fact that actually you go back to the, we talked about the communication, that the, the ability to have resilience, the ability to be able to be selective, the ability to be able to be human and communicate. Anyway, all those factors. Mm -hmm. Could it be, this is a question and this might, you know, might get me in trouble, but that the, 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 the tutu yeah. is less important than the experience of you learning about yourself, how to, you know, leave home probably, yeah. to experience stuff, to understand your health, your well-being, mm -hmm. to um, be educated on how to develop yourself, to make choices. I mean, anyway, I just... Sorry, I, I just... Because I, I, I would rather everyone now grows up knowing how to adapt and respond and react and deal with people and deal with change and deal with discomfort that walks around with the qualifications and job titles. That's what I think. You raise a very, a very interesting point because reflecting now and, you know, hindsight's a fair thing, right? And talking, you know, you can't predict the future, look at trends, right? In terms of where it's gone. Yeah. Back then, because, you know, my, my, and this is, I wasn't paying for education. I was very lucky. I had the final year where it was, you know, the, the state paid for it. So my parents weren't even paid for it. And my father, ex army kind of background, um, was disappointed that I got a 
2-2 versus a 2-1. A, a it was through my own yeah. fault. I just didn't really understand how much weight the first year carries. So I just messed around basically and had good fun, right? <laughs> had had an experience. But now I've gone through, I'm going through life or almost 44, you know, married kids. You reflect on that and you go, yeah, it was the experience was awesome. And that's what I remember is my time at university is the experience that that gave me not the fact that I got a, a, a two-two and a degree, which I don't really use anyway, because that's why my, my career is taking me to, to where I to where I am. And I, I believe that it's a really interesting concept around experience versus experience. And and if you look at kind of conversations that I you know internally around me too, as we were talking about in the green room, you know, uh, an individual saying to me that they believe that LinkedIn will be dead in twelve months' time because it's not. It's based on assumption of the content's not delivering what they think it should be because they don't really, they need to shift their viewpoint on what it could be for them if they chose to kind of open up their mind a little bit around getting it to work for me versus looking at people posting TikTok videos and, well, this isn't a place of TikTok videos. Well, do you actually understand why that's happening? Why why the, 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 the content is changing in of, its, in of itself? And I therefore believe Going back to the concentration piece um, around going sort of full circle back to the metaverse and kind of me concentrating as, a, as or students and then concentrating now in this kind of weird world to your point stuff going on. I mean, I don't know. I bought an Oculus headset a couple of weeks ago because a, I was frustrated about people having an opinion on something where they definitely haven't been in VR, so they don't really understand it. But the ability to have kind of the and take this in the vein that it's meant have you shut off from the outside world for a period of time to focus solely in my case beat saber um <laughs> on uh, on oculus trying to to, to to play that and i've tried to play population of one but not killing zombies then that's what i tend to do no, i've done i've downloaded population of one like i need a bigger i need to buy a bigger house with more space i keep walking into yeah. our, our bifold um our bifold doors but that ability to to just everything else is just gone. It's 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 incredible. But the co-creation bit and the collaboration bit, again, I can see how you know Horizon workrooms and that environment can be an amazing place, not only from a business perspective, but also for, for students from a learning environment to all sit there and put your, your VR goggles on and not have some crusty old lecturer talking about my world, Cervantes and you know the goals. That's what you said, by the way. <laughs> I didn't so I say, say that. No, no, I said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is that they can get, you can go and be there. You don't have to, you don't have to learn it. You can, you can actually experience it in, you know, in VR. I, I'm, well, I, I'm with you. And going back to my, my position of like, none of us really know what will work. Well, yeah. one of the, go back, to, go back to trends as well. Because mm -hmm. I, I do believe in every situation, there's a fundamental at play. In everything we do in life and I've, I've experienced this too it's a phrase i always have in my head now whenever i get stressed overwhelmed anxious or even if i'm happy but generally it's normally the negatives for some reason it's the way my brain works i have to separate me from the situation because mm -hmm. i tend to to if i don't do that i tend to not see the difference yeah so that so the situation the fundamentals of that situation are always important so if you look at the trends in terms of like you're describing a, a specific call it corner yeah is that the trend is that the human 
is becoming more sophisticated than ever before. So, and my history is not great, so anyone can probably challenge me on this, but in very simple terms, we know that equality is becoming really important in yep. not just gender, but in every way. Lots of us are trying to get our heads around it. I've got, I've come from a privileged white background. You know, I'm a standard bloke, bald, white. I mean, there's, there's many of us, right? Um, and if you take into account like, the logic here, ignoring the long words of diversity and inclusion, which are the words, but they sometimes don't always get the right response. Yeah. But the fact is that actually, regardless of who you are, you just we just want you to be your best. Yeah. The problem is historically, there haven't been many variables or choices or options for variety. You know, like, you know, take school, go to a classroom, sit at desks, yeah. someone's at the front exams i mean i remember exams. i used to, i hate them like english was like oh freak me. i literally would you know but the point was it was you know it, there was the fundamental there was get a qualification like a tutu and then you get a job yeah now we're realizing that as an example like you know diversity of thought of activity of background of whatever it would be is great for solving things right it's a really good human race trait but we don't have enough of the tools now, yeah. as an example, like the metaverse and, and, and you know, and, and I don't want this to be a metaverse and I don't you do. It's, it's like because we don't know. But yeah. what's great by it is like focus, you know, like this might mean that there's a minority group of people that have been excluded from previous engagement that mm-hmm. now could be included. Now, of course, the counter would be is it might exclude some people, but this is the beauty of the augmented nature, mm-hmm. is it might mean, I mean, take introverts and extroverts, a classic, yeah. me and my wife are either. Yeah. And there are many books written in business about introverts just not making it. Mm-hmm. Now, could you imagine if the technology is, you know, technology is driving us talking about people, well-being, behavior, diversity, and inclusion. I, I completely believe that. You know, if it wasn't for Facebook and its polarization, would we really be actually having some of these horrible conversations? You know, would like Black Lives Matter really yeah. be mm-hmm. something that white people really thought differently about if it wasn't for the media and the internet? Yeah. But then you take all that and you go, wow, maybe we could solve this differently. And it could be that, you know, my wife, as an example, and it's a bit unfair talking about her because she's downstairs, but is like, a, is like, you know, an introvert now goes, wow, I've now got the ability to, to not feel comfortable because I don't believe in comfort, but yeah. at least the mechanic to to be on level pegging with an, with an extrovert, as an example. Yeah. And so, so I'm, I'm with you in the fact that, you know, of course, a user case is I can focus, which is great. But what I love by the step back, the fundamentalism, imagine if these tools are going to enable a more, I don't know, I don't really like the phrase, but level playing field or just, actually, that's not the phrase, is it? But just enable people to shine that couldn't shine before. Yeah. And then imagine then the answer to the questions. The only thing I will say, though, and I've always had this triangle in my head, right? This is a fundamental. This is, I'm not saying this is right. This is Ash thinking. Organisations normally like that. Right. Yep. It could be a club. It could be a business. Right. Yep. There's normally someone at the top and there's people. About, and normally the lower down you go, the less you get, <laughs> whatever that might be. Yeah. Less decisions. Right. What we are talking about is this. So Ash is turning the triangle upside down for those that are listening. Exactly. Everything we're talking about is the upside down. Right. And it, it makes sense. Right. If you want the most ideas, don't have one person coming up with them. Have everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. If you want to make the most impact have the biggest movement if you want to have um you know the greatest scale of change you get the idea yeah 
all of these factors, this is, which is what, you know, it's a fundamental is that mm-hmm. what organizations are struggling with, whether it's individuals or the structure yeah. or the system mm-hmm. is that flip. So even if, you know, like a, a metaverse is kind of liked by the few, it's got to be liked by the top. Yeah. Or go back to my conditions you change the conditions which actually is never going to be a flip like that i don't know how to draw it in my fingers but you start to create movements within it which actually yeah. takes away like we said before the, the the things that get in the way which is not saying they're people but yeah is likely to be the organizational shape i went off on one a bit there Apologies. no you didn't i think and again you know it's, it's for those that are listening ash is kind of demonstrating with his his hands and again when you visually look at things you show oh yeah sorry that wasn't helpful <laughs> yeah, it's fine i have to I have to remind people that are listening that we're doing triangles and upside down triangles and the people that are watching uh, yeah. people that are watching this all makes you know more um more <laughs> <laughs> but again it's the show it's the show and tell piece and that's what people argue about you know whiteboarding and actually diamond you know drawing diagrams and stuff and i know i'm stuck on the metaverse but the whiteboard function and workrooms horizons the horizon workroom is just awesome it's just amazing yeah. it's just it's just massive it's just such a cool thing to um well, to, to do a quick one it's like tools like mural and yeah. miro yeah you know it's like you know as an example we're definitely at the bt ways of working when we were all at home we were using mural to like you know like create stuff and it was great because it was like real time we were replacing powerpoint and it what it meant was when you're in a meeting and someone said can you change the powerpoint deck and go yes no problem should we schedule another meeting in a week's time to come back and play back what we changed in the powerpoint deck we go no problem very good idea oh yeah actually you just changed it there live right you know let alone when people they're met up physically and and this is a true story for the design team it was brilliant they were like they sat there for a bit, tapping their fingers, trying to go back to the old model of drawing on the whiteboard. And they went, is it all right if we get Mural out? And they all sat in a room together on their laptops, together yeah. with Mural on their computers, using it. But then when they when they had to, they went, right, okay, let's just change mode. Let's have a chat. Let's have a coffee. Let's get back to Mural. I mean, yeah. and, and that's another classic of like, you'd never have dreamed that would be a good thing. No. But it's been brilliant. It's you Go back to value and effort. You get more effort in the short space of time. Yeah, more value. Sorry. More value. More, more value with less effort in a shorter space of. You know, you know what I mean. space of shorter space of time. And I think that's. I think that's leave people with flipping the system. I think that's a nice way to um, uh, to to end. And we could talk about this for forever and a day. And uh, maybe I'll get you back on in a year's time, so you can let us know how your journey into uh, higher education has uh, has gone and what we've uh, we've learned from that. Well, on that note, if I can mention, right. I am TikToking. I'm one of those annoying TikTokers that's trying to put it on LinkedIn because I'm just trying to see. I'm not going to knock it until I've tried it. Yeah. And I get so many people rolling their eyes at me, and I kind of like, well, whatever. But if you if you fancy just laughing at me, just follow me on TikTok. I've got about three followers, so you know you'll be in pleasant company. I'm one of them. Yeah, don't say that. (laughs) Um, Ash, I'll put the very links to uh, if you. Want to reach out to Ash and follow <laughs> Ash? Um, please mention this uh, this podcast. As I said, he's in you know in between uh, roles at the moment, moving to a really important role, CDO at uh, X University, to empower higher education in all of this because of the future of what the future of all of us, right? Uh, follow him on TikTok. I'll put the link um, there as well. But Ash, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I really appreciate your time and, uh, and insight. I've certainly got a lot of takeaways that I to start to think about how I can implement in my day to day. Ash, thank you.
Thank you. Pleasure. And as always, everybody, thank you for tuning in. If you want to be on this podcast, you know what to do. If you want to recommend people be on this podcast, um, you know what to do. Uh, otherwise, wherever, you're in the, wherever you are in the world, um, I will see you on the flip side. Until next time. <laughs>